What's up, everybody? The Fat Boys are back after a hiatus of a few weeks. We are back live doing the Fat Boys Dynasty podcast presented by the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network. Coming at you on the YouTube channel, as always, Brant. We've taken some time off, scheduling lined up. You've had your thing going on with basketball. I've had my thing going on with small children running around causing havoc in my life. And then obviously last week we were kind of out because you were in vacation mode. So first things first. Tell us about Baltimore. You went up there to watch the Seahawks and the Ravens game. Tell us about your trip, Brant. Well, the the the, the stadium was amazing. It's, it's just something you couldn't – anyone that's been to Baltimore uh, might understand. You walk in and everything is just put together. That whole stadium is just it, – it, everything, like, runs together, and it just looks – it looks amazing. It's a great stadium. The seats all ran, the color scheme, everything else just looks good. Uh, it was good to see my aunt and uncle fly in from Seattle. At least somebody caught a flight from Seattle to Baltimore because it surely did not look like the Seahawks did. Uh, uh, not a good game. Uh, it was good to see, and I, I say this, how good the Ravens really are. Um, the way they mixed up their defense, the schemes, the running backs, the, the way they blocked their, all the, everything. The Ravens are that good. Seeing them live in person for 20 rows up, that team is going to be scary, and they are very well put together. Um, now, you know, on to the, the rest of the, the vacation. Uh, Baltimore was fun. It, it, great city, good fan base. They, I, th- I thought it was going to be worse, but they were all pretty nice. I mean, you're also really nice when your team's up 37-3. to three. Um, So, I mean, you'd be nice to anybody when you're blowing them out. But, I mean, it was really, really well put together there in Baltimore. Uh, the food was phenomenal. Uh, the people on the on the streets when we were walking out to the coffee shops and everything, very very friendly. It was a fun trip. Then we then we jumped right across the border and, and went over to DC and, and and saw the Lincoln Memorial and the Washington Monument and Function Pool and all that. It was a good time there. I'd never been, so it was it was fun to go see. Um, and I advise if you go to a Ravens game, get an Airbnb close enough to walk because we were beating the cars out of the parking lot. Uh, they were all stopped, and uh, we were back at the house already. Uh, we only had about right. a quarter-mile walk, so definitely go get an Airbnb and walk. Don't try to drive out of there. There you go. So the fat boy had a good trip to Baltimore uh, for the most part, for the most part. Everything except for the game was great, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. so. Uh, but anyway, Brant, your trip to Baltimore and the Week 9 contest that we just had did conclude the halfway point of the season. So I, I feel like it's only right we talk about a little bit about the halfway point. But first of all, Brant, we got to get the bibs on. And let's eat. Let's eat. <laughs> Obviously, again, we are at 
the halfway point of the season. Fantasy is halfway over. It's such a, such a, I mean, it's a great time, but it's also a really sad time for us in the dynasty community because all off season builds up to this. We're at the halfway point and it's like, oh man, we're about to come into the lull of the off season again, where it seems like we wait for forever for the NFL draft to actually take place. So we can start oohing and on over these rookies. And then the NFL draft takes place and it's like we're dying and waiting and crawling and, and scratching and, and doing everything we can to get ourselves to NFL preseason. Um, so anyway, Brant, halfway point, what are some things that have really surprised you this year, whether it be good surprises or bad surprises? So I got two things that have really surprised me. And we're in, you and me both, I think, are in about seven, eight fantasy leagues. How close everything is in almost every single league. You got maybe, maybe. You have an undefeated team, maybe, maybe. But other than that, you're normally looking at your top teams have two to three losses, and your bottom teams are sitting at like three and six. Everybody, in my mind, in most leagues, are still in playoff contention. Vampire League, not so much for me. Not even sure if I have a win. Pretty sure I have IRIRIR all the way down my list right now. But in most leagues, everybody is like right there in contention. And that rolls into the other thing that has really surprised me this year. Injuries, the IR status, the injuries of everybody. I mean, you're seeing people like breakout Kyron Williams go down. James Conner went down. Kyler Murray went down. Justin Herbert's playing with a broken finger. J.K. Dobbins, rest in peace. I'm pretty sure you're done. But you got to talk about just all the injuries that have happened. Justin Jefferson, the big names have gone down. The replacements have filled in. And that has saved a lot of fantasy seasons for a lot of people. So that's just, just just really surprising how close everything still is, even with all the big names going down. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Brent, because it, it does seem like one of those seasons where it's like you see a, a, we're, we're, we're going into week 10 and you could see a tight end come out and have a 30-point game and claw his way into the top 10 when he's been nothing but average prior to it. Which again, that's the tight end position. But some of the, I was going through today and looking at some of the top like thirty wide receivers um, on sleeper for the season performance. It's like really, I didn't realize that guy was up there. Wow, really, I didn't realize that guy was up there. Wait, that guy's up there too. Like it was just every other name I got to. It was like okay, that one's surprising. And then you start getting down, and you're like, wait, this guy I thought was being pretty good. He's down in the forties. What's going on? So I mean, it, it is one of those seasons where it's, you're, you're right. There's been some guys that have boomed and have gotten themselves a little higher than maybe we thought they were. But uh, there's still some there's still some weeding out and some shaking out of things to happen here in this season it's been interesting so for me brant the two two biggest surprises one of them's a negative and you and i were both expecting beautiful things from this man this year and we both i think have been had our our souls snatched by him that's Najee harris the pittsburgh steelers you and i both had really high hopes for him this year to kind of right the ship get it back on track to what he had his rookie year that pittsburgh offense really hasn't been great um but Najee's almost not looked as good as the other running back in his backfield and Jalen Warren. Um, it, it, it's like a, a Dr. Jackal and Hyde. One play, Najee will bust a 20-yard run, looks super athletic, super explosive, and then the next run he runs into the back of an offensive lineman and falls down, and it's like, what's going on here? Um, so that's one surprise that's really yeah, been a negative for me. And then the positive is there's two quarterbacks I want to talk about with the positive that um, I, I think are great surprises. Number one, is a guy I think that came in and took the, the landscape by shock. A lot of people talked about a couple other rookies having great years. C.J. Stroud is that man. That dude is the truth. Um, I, I think in dynasty rankings, obviously, Brent, you and I don't do in-season dynasty rankings. We do out-of-season out dynasty rankings or off-season, I guess. 
I, I'd be shocked if I don't have him in my top 10 dynasty rankings for a quarterback um, next season. But a lot of people were talking about Anthony Richardson prior to Bryce Young at the 101, obviously. Um, and here it is, C.J. Stroud as an Ohio State quarterback who's just lighting the world on fire. But the one that's been the best surprise to me is another one, and I like to give you and I a little bit of pat on the on the back when we get them occasionally. But you and I both were pretty adamant all offseason that Dak Prescott was going to bounce back into, into his four and be a top 10 quarterback. And don't look now, but he's top five at this point, Brant. Dak Prescott's an, it, having a huge season. CeeDee Lamb's exploding. Jake Ferguson's exploding. Pretty much everybody on that Cowboys offense, except for Tony Pollard, has looked really good this year. Uh, and it's just been a pleasant surprise to see Dak. I, I guess it's not necessarily a surprise because you and I both were in on it as hard as we were. But nonetheless, it is still um, nice to see Dak. We got you and I both got a lot of hate for our Dak love this offseason. And uh, here he is, here he is rebuilding and or rebounding. And I I think it's a pleasant surprise for us. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and and Tony Tony is is getting the volume. They've just had some tough tough matchups. I expect him to bounce back this second half of the season. Um, the volume's there, and there's nobody. They're not letting anybody steal his role. So I expect a big bounce back for Tony Pollard. Any anybody who's a Tony Pollard believer, don't don't go compare his stats to Zeke Elliott's with the Patriots this year because you will not be happy. But anyway, Brant. This week on this episode, we thought we had to do something somewhat special, right? It's the halfway point. It's like, um, you know, the, the finish line's in sight. Some of us have our sights set on playoffs. Others of us have our sights set on that number one overall pick, trying to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, and, and a lot of times we're at that point in the season where, as a dynasty manager, Brant, you're either selling off veteran pieces to help contenders go win. Uh, and a lot of times, most of us just do that and think we just want draft picks back, right? Um, or you're a contender and you're going out saying, where are these veteran guys that are maybe aging out a little bit that I can get to go make that push this year and try to win and, and get it from some guy who's out of playoff contention. And you know how it always goes, Brent. We always go negotiate our deals a little bit when we go talk to somebody. Hey, man, listen, I doubt you make playoffs this year. Aging vet B doesn't fit your roster, but let me tell you what does fit your roster for next year, right? We all do that, vice versa. We all, when we're selling players, we go to people and go, hey man, I'm not contending this year. You are. What do you think about this player to help your your uh, contending win go out and put you the leg up over other fantasy player A that I know you have beef with on the side, right? We always try to spin these. So you know, I thought we'd come together this week and we'd talk about some guys that we'd trade for if we were in contention, and some guys that we would trade for if we were in a rebuild. So I'll defer to you, Brent. Which which one of these categories do we want to talk first about contending or rebuilding? And then we'll just go ahead and get into it. I'm going to go with contender. Uh, trade for okay. if you're a contender. And, and one of my favorite players, um, you guys will notice there's a theme with mine. Um, it seems to be running back heavy over here. Um, that's Javante Williams. Right now he's running back 31. He's a, he, His workload has increased the last three weeks. The offense is starting to run a little bit better. I'm not going to say they look. Denver looks a whole lot better. But the offense is starting to click. And, and I've said this even after they got blown out by Miami. I said the offense isn't the problem in Denver. It's the defense that was the problem. This offense has been very well. Like I said, he's RB31. He gets Detroit, New England, and the Los Angeles Chargers in the playoffs. He actually has a pretty, if you look, New England and the Chargers are not very scary against the run. Detroit's a little bit scarier. So he's got a decent little playoff schedule. He's 23 years old. He's coming off 
Yeah, 23 years old. I thought I skipped skipped a part. He's always still only 23 years old. He's coming off a drastic injury. A lot of people are down and disappointed with him. Well, if I'm a contender, I'm going out and I'm going, hey, how about I ship you this flex piece, young piece, rookie wide receiver maybe, something that has been in and out of my lineup for the majority of the year. And I'm going to ship you also a second round pick. I think Williams is still – because think, if you're contending – you're a back half of the second round. You're almost looking into the third round. Mm-hmm. So a late second round pack, a late second round pick, and a in and out of my lineup type flex play. I think you go out and you get Javante Williams. I actually have, when we get into trading for rebuild, I actually have a couple names that I actually like as tossing pieces when I talk about in and out of your lineup players um, to mm-hmm. go after and get. I just think this guy, the, the sky's the limit. I know that you weren't. The, the biggest fan on it, but they're really not letting Samaje really take over. And like I said, his workload, I think it was 63% of snaps last week, which was his highest on the year. It's slowly growing the last three weeks. I really see this guy taking over the backfield and get back into that form. Yeah, I, I, I definitely admittedly so have not been one of the biggest Javante supporters, but uh, we all know how I am as a, as a guy. I'm, I'm late to the party a lot of times, or sometimes I just miss the party altogether. But here, nonetheless, Javante is one of those guys, if you've got running back issues, you're a contender, and maybe wide receiver is your position of strength. Maybe you've been treading water all this time, and you've got Justin Jefferson coming back, uh, and, and you know, you're know top three team, and you're like, ah, my running backs could use work. I don't mind if you can get, uh, what'd you say, give up a second-round pick, and who else? A late second and an in-and-out-of-your-lineup flex play. So maybe okay. a, a, so maybe like a Tyler Lockett or something like yes, that. Maybe yes, Tyler exactly. Lockett in a second for – okay, so yeah, I, again, if I've got plenty of wide receiver strength and that's a position I'm trading out of um, to bolster a, a position of weakness like running back, I'm all for the Javante thing. I don't know if I want my playoff contention holding to him, but if it's just another guy that I have to help out potentially, like maybe – I have Najee and it's not been great. And, and Javante is just another name that I can play based on matchups. I'm all for it because, like you said, outside of Detroit, his playoff schedule is pretty juicy. So, yeah, I, I'm on board with that, Brian. Okay. I, on the other hand, only found one running back on my list. And I'm not going to talk about him just yet because it's a guy I want to trade for in a rebuild. I'm going to start with a, a, a player who this one might be a little harder to pry off of somebody who somebody's hand who's not in contention because this player does have a long shelf life. It's Dalton Kincaid. So first and foremost, I understand he is young in age and, and it's gonna it would take a, a decent price to pry him off. But he's currently the tight end 15 on the season. So it's not like he's you know the number one overall tight end. He's upseating Travis Kelsey and everybody in the world's like, yeah, you can't because Sam Laporte has been great this year. There's plenty of tight ends that have been good. Michael Mayer's shown flashes, like whatever. The difference is. The last three weeks, he's been the tight end number eight or better um, all three of the last three weeks, and he's seen targets of eight, seven, and 11 in that offense. He's slowly becoming, um, I would say, the second best uh, or second most trusted target for Josh Allen, even though he did out uh, have a higher target share than Stefan Diggs last week um, in that game against the Bengals, who uh, obviously Stefan Diggs did find the end zone, uh, whatever. So I'm not taking one shot at him, but the, the biggest thing for me that I that Dalton Kincaid has going that I think explodes in the second half of the season is he's only caught one touchdown pass so far this year. As his usage continues to go, he's explosive enough that if he catches the ball inside of the 20 yard line, he could take it to the house as goal line packages. He's going to start getting more and more involved. Dalton Kincaid is one of my favorite players 
to go out and acquire right now. And I think you could get it done for something along the lines of this, Brant. Um, if, if I'm a contender, I make this trade all day. I don't know if I'm a Dalton Kincaid owner if I really want to, but I, I, I think you could twist me. It's a J James Cook, so the guy in uh, Balt or Buffalo, excuse me, with Dalton Kincaid and your second round draft pick. So again, your second round pick, like, like you alluded to, if you're in contention, you're making a move to go all in. You don't care about that second round pick because it's so close to a third. It doesn't matter. And second round draft picks are already dart throws anyway. I, again, James Cook's not a name I'm personally infatuated with. They're just very close in current values. <laughs> My look wasn't for the pick. My look was for James Cook because I'm sending that ship a sailing without a pilot right now. That could go on by itself. I'm over here trying to wheel and deal him off a couple of my rosters right now in my keeper leagues because obviously Buffalo don't trust him if they're moving some uh, moving some pieces in. So this name just came across the bottom of my screen for a guy to trade for. I'm not going to go in depth detail because I didn't even have a thing. But if you're a contender, guys, if you're a contender, go throw an idea, a trade chip. Go try to go get Justin Jefferson. Go see what you can do while he's sitting on the IR. The window just opened back up for his practice. Maybe you can go get him for cheaper than you'll ever be able to get Jefferson right now. Just throw an offer out there, guys. That's that's just all I got for it. it no reason to talk about it. Go throw an offer out there. See if happen. Maybe you could download Austin Eckler and a, and, and, and a pick to go get Justin Jefferson. You know, an aging running back. Just go make that offer if you have if you have the little luxury of being able to go make that offer for Justin Jefferson as his window just opened back up. Just came across my screen that the open window, the window came up, and I go, duh, that'd be a guy just to throw something at. Um, this one here, too, a little aging back here. Uh, he said he faces the Chargers, Kansas City, and Indianapolis in the playoffs. That is Josh Jacobs. He's got the third easiest, and I understand Kansas City is a little scary against the run lately, but it's the third easiest playoff schedule for running backs. Uh, according to uh, strength of schedule right now. And here's what's crazy. And a lot of people may not know this. Josh Jacobs is running back four on the season. He's only finished inside the top 10 three times in nine weeks. So if you're out of contention because he was a little disappointing to start and the contender's coming at you for this, or you're a contender, go after Josh Jacobs. Give up that late first round pick for him. He's only... But I did, did I write it down? He's what 25? No. Apparently I didn't. Yeah, 25. He's 25 years old. He's on an offense that's starting to rebuild. It's starting to really use him over the last few weeks. And like I said, a first round draft pick really at the end of the first, you're looking, you're starting the dart throws there. This is a guy that you know is going to get the workload. He's going to get the dump offs. They just moved, they just benched Josh or um Jimmy Garoppolo for the for uh O'Connell. Mm -hmm. Josh Jacobs is a guy that could that once again you could see him winning you leagues like he did last year. And I think that's I think it's right there for him. And I think a lot of people that do own him might be disappointed or might already be out of contention due to the fact that how ugly his start was this year. Um, and they may already be looking at, at rebuilding. So ship that first round pick. You may have to throw a bench player out there. I think a first round pick for a 25-year-old back that some people are disappointed on could actually get it done. 
Absolutely. I again, I I love Josh Jacobs coming into the season too, Brent. That was another guy that I had a lot of high hopes for. Uh, I think everybody did again with him, but it, like you said, he, he started off super slow. He's really starting to come into his own. Two touchdowns last week uh, with Antonio Pierce as the head coach, Aiden O'Connell under center. I think Josh Jacobs is nothing but a focal point in this offense the rest of the season. So I like that if you're able to go get him and, and you're making that championship push. Um, a wide receiver that I think is a really good acquisition to go get if you're making a push for contending. Maybe you do have, you know, maybe you you've tread water and you're a, a contender and you drafted Jonathan Jacob or Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, and Alvin Kamara, and you're just sitting high on the horse right now. You got stud running backs. Maybe your wide receivers aren't great. I think Marquise Hollywood Brown Brand is a wide receiver to go target. He's currently the wide receiver 20 on uh, the season, which, again, this is what I'm talking about. The Cardinals have been pretty bad. I haven't really paid that much of attention to him. When I saw he was in the top 20, I was like, oh, that makes sense. I could see it. I didn't know it was there, but I could see it. Um, he's had over 90% of snap share in all but two games this season. And then all nine games played, Brant, he's had seven or more targets in all but one of them. So this guy is a volume king right now. This is like a Deontay Johnson-esque um, role in this Arizona Cardinals offense that you see for Marquise Hollywood Brown. And the best part, Brant, he gets his number one overall pick, his own, number one overall quarterback back in Kyler Murray this week against the Atlanta Falcons. So this is the time to trade uh, for Marquise Hollywood Brown. And I think this one's one of those trades that works really well for both players um, because this name I'm about to throw out is a younger name. It's a rookie, as a matter of fact. And he was drafted probably in the second round for most leagues. Um, so you're flipping a, a, a young rookie who's shown some flashes for a top 20 wide receiver. So a bona fide wide receiver two right now with wide receiver one upside. Rasheed Rice, Brant, is the name that, that comes to my mind again. Did have a touchdown this week in, in Germany, um, but this is a guy that uh, his target share is starting to maybe come up a little bit with his snap share, but it's still not there. It's not as, as a playoff contending team. You want something a little more consistent than Rasheed Rice right now, and I think Hollywood Brown is that answer. Again, this is this is one that I think it makes sense for the rebuilding team. He gets that young wide receiver in tied to Patrick Mahomes. Contending team gets Marquise Hollywood Brown, who's already a top 20 wide receiver, and gets to pair him with Kyler Murray again moving forward. I absolutely love this. And, and, and going out, I think I think Brown works for both. If you're rebuilding or if you're contending. Uh, if you're contending, he has, according to the strength of schedule, he has the second easiest uh, strength of schedule for the playoffs for a wide receiver. Um, so it'd be great. He gets his number one quarterback. I think maybe you try to get Kyler Murray in the deal, too. Because he's number three on easiest schedule for playoffs. Those two guys right there could really help your push. I absolutely love Marquise Brown. I actually had him in the uh uh down there for a rebuild too, just because I think that I think that the Arizona is gonna start rebuilding, and I think that he's gonna be one of the guys that's gonna be there to help for that veteran presidents. So I like him for both sides of the ball. If you're contending or rebuilding, I do like him. And Rice is one of my favorite guys to go after if I'm rebuilding. So I absolutely love that. All right, so there you go. If you're a contender, the guys, the fat boys think you ought to be targeting are Josh Jacobs, Javante Williams, Dalton Kincaid, and Marquise Hollywood Brown. Okay, Brent, moving on to the other side of this equation. If things just haven't gone your way this year, you know, maybe you're sitting at two and seven right now, or two and yeah, two and seven right now. There's no chance of making playoffs. The window's closed already, which kind of paints you at a disadvantage a little bit because other teams know that you need to sell. Um, what are some guys that 
Okay, and again, let me preface this by saying most of us in the dynasty community, when we start trading off aging talent, what do we look for, Brant? The young, young talent or early draft picks. Right. Nine times out of 10, most of us are going after that first round draft pick. We're going after those early seconds. We want to acquire draft picks to go draft these rookies. Well, the problem with that is these rookies don't always hit. But what does hit are these guys that we've already come out and seen put product on the field. And I think I, I know I'm guilty of it at, at, at times, Brent. I get um, jaded by the fact that I want these picks. I want these picks. I want these picks. Because we've all been those guys that at draft time, we don't have but like one pick. When there's 40 picks going on, it's boring. You're sitting around watching all your friends have fun, all these, all these new shiny toys. Um, but I think it's also important to try to go get young talent that's already a little bit established that is also something you could be excited about moving forward. So that, with that being said, Brent, in a rebuild, who's somebody you're looking to acquire? I'm looking to acquire. This is my add-in, in and out of my flex lineup piece. This is my guy here. That's Marvin Mims Jr. for the Denver Broncos. I think you can get him as a kick-in on any deal. I really do, because a lot of people are not looking at him as a wide receiver, and here's why. We've already heard the trade talks of, of uh, Judy. Already heard the trade talks of Sutton. Already heard the trade talks of Denver rebuilding. Well, what, what better way to rebuild than a 21-year-old rookie who's got the speed to go downfield. He's got great route running ability. He's got great hands. We've seen it in and out of his lineup. This guy right here is a guy that I'm targeting if I'm in any rebuild. And like I said, I'm targeting him as just a throw-in because most people aren't even thinking about him. If you don't have a very deep bench or anything, this guy might still be on waivers. I, Marvin Bims is a guy that I absolutely love, and, and I really think that he's going to be the number one, maybe number two guy moving forward in Denver, and I absolutely love him. Like I said, we've seen what he can do in and out of that lineup, so I expect him to be a focal point of that rebuild. Yeah, and, and you've been one of the biggest Marvin Mims truthers I know out there this this offseason, Brent. You were very high on him coming out of Oklahoma. Um, it's bigger, too, I think, because this is one of those that when you move into the offseason, if you want Marvin Mims and Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy get moved in the offseason, Marvin Mims's price tag goes up because his mm -hmm. role is already a little bit better, right? So this is one that, again, I think you get ahead of the curve. Maybe you end up flipping him when the price goes up, but you get him cheaper now. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think that's great because like you said, not, not Sutton, not Jordy, Judy have come out and made themselves untradeable at this point. So there's still room in that Denver offense for a true number one target. And maybe it is Marvin Mims, Brant. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to come at you with my running back Brant, And I, this is a little rich one. This is that you might have to send a couple players for this or one pretty big name veteran to go get this guy. Um, this is my running back. He's 24 years of, of age, and his name is Isaiah Pacheco, all right? And I own Pacheco in a, in a few places this year, Brant, and uh, when I, when you talk about sneaky good or quietly productive, I think Isaiah Pacheco fits that build because he's currently number wide receiver number nine in PPR formats. I didn't realize he was this high. I was expecting to see a, a, a strong high RB2 um with pacheco but he's rb a solid rb1 right now with a little bit of room behind him currently this year he's on pace for 268 carries 990 yards rushing six touchdowns to go along with 52 targets 45 receptions 302 yards rushing or 302 yards receiving and two touchdowns brand this is a guy that again i i can i can trade a, a stud veteran to somebody 
get Isaiah Pacheco and use him as a building block moving forward on my team. This is one of those guys that you build around once you get him in a rebuild. You don't trade him for a while and you you ride with him for a few years. And I did say it was going to be a costly pick to go get him. But if I'm sitting on a team and I'm not contending and I have a guy like Keenan Allen, Brant, Keenan Allen for Isaiah Pacheco could be one of those trades that just works really well for both teams. Mm-hmm. Again, you're a contender. Here's the top three wide receiver overall. Go make your push with Keenan Allen, who's going to do me no good on my my bummy, bummy, bummy dynasty team that's two years away from competing. I'll take lowly Isaiah Pacheco back from you. Uh, and there you have it. Smooth transaction. Both sides are happy, Brandon. Absolutely. Absolutely love it. Uh, uh, I grabbed Pacheco in our startup league this year and I didn't even realize he was doing that good. And I've had him in there. Now, mind you, we do have some deep benches. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize he had been doing that good. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a guy that I absolutely love for rebuilding. And, and once again, tied to Patrick Mahomes for what, three more years, at least two or three more years, mm-hmm. at least. Absolutely. Tied to an Andy Reid offense. Give me, give me Pacheco all day. All right. So this one here, I know I will get no argument out of you. This is one of your favorite guys. He's been one of your favorite guys. And he's proven that he has now overtaken one of my favorite guys in the offseason. He has now overtaken that backfield. He's only 24 years old. He's under contract for two more years, and that is Chuba Hubbard. On an offense that it's up and coming, uh, a lot of people are, are looking at this as, I don't want this on my team when I'm in contention, when I'm in a run. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how consistent he'll be. I am trying to acquire Chupa Hubbard anywhere because I think that if they move on from Miles Sanders, just like with Mims, the price tag's going to go up. And right now is an easy chance to go get him, probably a second or third round pick. I know that you want to go get it. I think a third round pick, even maybe even Javante Williams, if you're if you got Williams and you want to send Williams for Chuba and maybe you know, uh, get a later pick too. So you maybe you could package the picks together to move up in the draft. I think this is a guy that you try to ship, you know, off to go get or ship. You go and acquire him while you're shipping off the contender back. Um, I don't think Chuba is going to break out onto the side. He's running back 32 uh, on the year right now. Um, but I do believe that he will take over that backfield. I, I think he's already passed up Miles Sanders. He is a guy that I'm going out to acquire, and I think you can really acquire him cheap or, like you said, ship some of those veteran pieces, try to get a couple picks because, hey, I'm going to ship you drop Je- Josh Jacobs. Give me Chuba Hubbard in a second-round pick. Give me Chuba Hubbard and 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 your late first-round pick, and maybe I could package these picks together to move up more. But here's Jacobs. Let me get, let me get, let me get a pick, and you know, let me get Chuba. Just throw him in there. Just let me get Chuba. I mean, let's see. A couple years ago, I think it was maybe this offseason, uh, somebody decided they wanted to uh, throw in Raheem Mostert to me, and uh, uh, let's just say he's been a savior. So sometimes that little throw-in pick, like a Chuba Hubbard, is is a great guy that you have moving forward. And I think he takes over that backfield, and I don't think he looks back again. Yeah, Mr. 2000, he went for 2,000 yards rushing in one season at Oklahoma State. I uh, was probably the biggest Chuba fan coming out of college uh, outside of the Oklahoma State fan base that I knew personally. Are you going to love the new one coming out too? I think it's Ollie's his first name. He's tearing it up down there in OK State too. We'll have to look into him. He won't replace Chuba for me. But anyway, 
My last guy, Brant, is another one I know I won't get any argument out of you from because you loved him. You drafted him his, his rookie season um, or coming into uh, his, his rookie year. You drafted him prior to his rookie season. But he's been he's, he's had a slow start to the year. Um, he's 23 years of age. That is Jahan Dotson out of Washington. Um, again, 23 years of age. This man had seven touchdown receptions his rookie year when he got drafted in what? the second or third round of the real draft. Um, he was like the sixth best wide receiver in his class. Super athletic out of Penn State. Um, again, not not to say he was down on him, but pe people weren't expecting the kind of rookie production we got out of him last year. Um, and he, again, he did have a slow start this year. Sam Howells had a, rookie, a rough start, rocky start. Um, but the one thing I can say is Eric B. Enemy's got this offense pass on every single play they're on the field for. Um, Sam Howell's going to take like a record amount of sacks this year, and it's okay because he's still throwing the ball more than any other quarterback with all of his sacks um, that just nonstop pass. Um, and Jahan Dotson's actually on pace to well exceed his rookie year um, in everything except for touchdowns, Brant. Uh, 107 targets, 66 receptions, 735 yards receiving, six touchdowns is where he's on pace for. Um, so again, he's starting to really catch fire there in Washington, starting to get going. Um, and again, at some point and sometime, Curtis Samuel's not going to be there anymore. Um, you know, Logan Thomas at 42 years of age is going to retire and it's just going to be scary. Terry and Jahan Dotson. And if Sam Howell ends up being the option, the answer, he, that means he's going to get better. If not, they will have a system quarterback or a franchise quarterback at some point in Dotson's career. And if I can get him for the cheap price of say, I don't know, aging running back who's tied to a, a young stud for the next two years after this year. And like, I don't know, David Montgomery, who's lighting the world on fire. If I can get David Montgomery and send him uh, again on a rebuild, David Montgomery doesn't help me this year and send him for Jahan Dotson and a second round pick. Um, I think that really bolsters your rebuild because it gives you that pick that you a, get to still be excited about, Brant. And it gives you that young stud wide receiver who Jahan Dotson is a stud. Okay, there's no there's no question about that. He's he's proven it his rookie year. He's on pace to prove it again this year. Granted, it's not wide receiver one numbers, but this is a, a, a solid flex option. And you're getting that second round pick to go with it for the price of of a guy like David Montgomery. Yeah, I absolutely love this. I absolutely love Jahad Dotson coming out. Uh, he was I was very high on him, like you said. Um, this guy right here, and, and and what was said about Sam Howell. I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this quote up, but I'm gonna do my best. Ron Rivera come out and said, Washington's been looking for their franchise quarterback. Well, I think they have the guy, which means he trusts Sam Howell to make these decisions. He knows he's in his rookie year. Yes, I use the little quotation marks here. This is his first year. Yes, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to make rookie mistakes. But Ron Rivera believes in this guy, so I really think Sam Howell's going to be there for the long haul, and you're already starting to see him willing to take the risk with Jahan Dotson. Well, that's the guy that's starting to improve more and more with it. I absolutely love going out and getting Jahan Dotson. I'm not moving him for anything on some of my teams that I own him. He's one guy that's sitting there, and and, and, and he's going to stay on my team probably maybe longer than Kenny Galladay did. Oh, boy. All right. So, um, Brant, again, uh, for rebuilds, you said you wanted to acquire Chuba. And um, who was the other one you brought up there? Uh, brain fart. Uh, me too, and I just closed it. Marvin Mims Jr. Marvin Mims, uh, Chuba Hubbard. I had Isaiah Pacheco, Jahan Dotson. So, again, some solid names to go out there and acquire um, and, and some guys that I think you'll really be happy with. But, Brent, you know what you won't be happy with? 
the two early football games we have this week between our Thursday night contest featuring the one and seven Carolina Panthers traveling to Chicago to play the two and seven Chicago Bears, where the news came out today that Justin Fields is doubtful. So we get Tyson Badgett again this week. And then Sunday morning, we all have to wake up to the stink fest that is the uh, Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots. But let's be honest, is that going to be the best thing on live at that time? I would say no. There's two fat guys that I'd rather There's be There's two with. fat guys that are going to be talking about football and food, and I definitely don't know if I want to watch it. I uh, never thought I'd be happy to say I am so glad I have to go coach and not be able to watch this Thursday night game at all because uh, it's not going to be pretty, and now I have to go – maneuver some lineups around because I thought Fields was going to come back. Well, Carolina gets win number two this week. Um, guys, so you, I went back. What, go go ahead. ahead. Do you do you start anybody in this Thursday night game outside of Adam Thielen, Brant? And maybe are we starting DJ Moore with Tyson Badgett or are we where are we at with DJ Moore right now? I don't know if I'm starting any, uh, Cole Komet. I'm starting Cole Komet. He has been on a tear lately with Badgett. If you actually go back, he's been on a tear lately. Um, I don't have him pulled up. I saw it this morning. I go, there's no way this is right. And I go, why did I drop this guy four weeks ago when he held the goose egg up? Well, I'm starting Cole Komet on the Chicago side. I don't really know what to think about the running backs because Herbert got cleared to play. Foreman has been, man, I don't know. Um, Definitely going to start Thielen. Definitely going to start dealing with the with the word that DJ Chark is probably out too, so that opens up a two or three more targets now. Um, mm-hmm. But that's that's it. I think it's Thielen, and I I think it's Cole Komet. And those are the only two things I trust. I, I'm tippering expectations okay. on the rest. All right, I'm down with that. So what I was going to say before we get into this, guys, when it comes down to uh, taking notes and for your drafts, I just this just came on my front page. Uh, you should you should pay attention to your own notes because this is my first quarterback um, in my list, and that was C.J. Stroud. And uh, what did I do in our dynasty? I drafted Bryce Young, and I'm kicking myself every single day watching C.J. Stroud throw all those bombs. Uh, sorry, it just kind of popped in my head. I wanted to bring it up on how no, that's, that's how sometimes you second question yourself, and uh, you shouldn't go with your gut, guys. Um, and then that that Frankfurt game. What which one was that? Indy and. Uh, New England. Yeah, I believe it's I believe it's India New England. Let me double check that real quick, Brand. I believe it is New England and Indy. I do too. I'm about nine. It is New, sure. New, Eng- I, New England and Indy. So the only thing, so something something came up a little sneaky. How about Juju Smith in his first week back? That was his first week back. I think he had 10 Before fantasy you? points. I think he had seven or eight targets. Juju might end up being relevant the rest of this year. Um, so keep an eye on that. If you are a Juju owner in deep leagues and you've held on to him forever, uh, Douglas there, uh, caught the first catch. I haven't got to watch the replay of that game. Um, I will be watching some replays coming up. Um, but yeah, so Ramondre, Henry touchdown. Yep. Henry, Henry went with the touchdown. Uh, Ramondre looked good, uh, this week. Um, I think that's, that's, that's about it. Um, Indy side of the ball, you're going to start Pittman, Taylor, Jonathan, or Josh Downs is playing if he's healthy at this point. Um, Granson's coming back from injury, who I like at tight end with with um, uh, Mustache Mania Garner Minshew. That's all I'm starting, Brent. Do you start one of these defenses over the other here? 
I've got a preference on if I I actually like one of the defenses for my plays of the week, actually, to be honest with you. I think Indy. If I do, I think Indy. I just think they get in. They, every once in a while, you see Indy really get pin their pin their ears back and get after it. And I, I could see Indy doing that this week. Um, absolutely. So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. I'm in a little tight end predicament. I had to start Higby on an off all year. Now I don't have one because the Rams are on by. Do you start, uh, was it Kyle Granson or do you start Gerald Everett? Which tight end do you start this week? Um, I don't love starting players overseas at 930 in the morning unless they're studs because wonky things happen when players are playing at times their bodies aren't used to. We've saw that with uh, the Atlanta. I mean, Kyle Pitts getting his so first just, touchdown. That, that, yeah, yeah, in his rookie year, his only touchdown. Um, but, I mean, you look at this week, uh, the Dolphins' offense didn't look the part. Um, Travis Kelsey had a crappy game this week um, in Frankfurt. Oh, Taylor, uh, the, the turf him up. The turf is tough. This is not the same fields these guys are used to playing on. They fall. There's less padding. Um, yeah, so, I mean, weird things happen. So, I probably lean Gerald Everett. I don't know if in a dynasty I'd rather have Gerald Everett rest of season than Kylan Granson. Um, but this week I think I definitely lean. I don't know who um, who the Chargers play off the top of my head, Brant. That would make a big difference too probably. Let's see if I can find it really fast. The D Detroit Lions. So I would actually probably start Kylan Granson. Okay. Uh, Detroit Lions defense is, is definitely one I didn't don't know if I ever saw, thought I would say a defense in the Motor City scared me unless it was the Detroit Red Wings or maybe the Bad Boy Pistons. But uh, the Detroit Lions have a, a pretty good defense this year. Definitely one I don't like starting tight ends against. Definitely one I don't like starting running backs against. Brant. So okay. I could see I could see starting Kylan Granson this week in, in uh, Germany over. Um, him against the New England Patriots. And again, just to get back to it, I do think Indianapolis defense is the play of the week. I think Mac Jones throws plenty of turnovers this week. Um, again, it's it's a weird deal when these guys go overseas. I think there's fumbles that happen. I do like the Indianapolis Colts defense as one of my defenses of the week. And I'm actually saying that because I plan to start them against you, Brant. I think I was able to grab them in our dynasty league uh, where you and I do go head to head this week on, on a bye get. And um, we both are missing some of our better players this week. So um, maybe I'll start Kylan Granson in my in my flex <laughs> spot. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I think that pretty well wraps it up for us this week. It's good to be back. Hopefully we can get to doing this on a more consistent basis again. Um, of course, we're going to be with you guys on Sunday morning um, all the way through the season. So that's that's one that we won't miss regardless of things. Obviously, Brant showed his dedication this year um, with, with him being live in um, – Baltimore this week. We will have to talk about some things in a few weeks on in December 10th. Both of the fat boys will be creating a um, lunar eclipse, if you will, in Atlanta, Georgia, going to a game down there. So we may have to do something a little bit different with our live that week. Maybe have a couple guest guys come on and host that week or, or something. But there will be a live start sit um, every single week, most of the time with us fat boys. So um, glad to be back, Brant, uh, in the middle of the week coming out, putting an episode out that was kind of fun to record. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. The, the hiatus should be over. We should be back at it um, for, for here for the foreseeable future. Uh, days may fluctuate a little bit, but we'll get better on a schedule. But as always, guys, stay hungry. Stay fat, my friends.